Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to Circle Sanctuary Network Podcasts, brought to you by Circle Sanctuary, one of the oldest nature spirituality churches in the United States, connecting people of nature center paths around the world. Join us through the week for a variety of shows discussing various topics, celebrating the divine in all of its forms through nature worship, rituals, education, and building bridges of community. Welcome to Circle Craft Study with Selena Fox. This is Selena Fox, and tonight we are going to explore ways of ritual in the form of spontaneous ritual. We're going to take a look at ritual improv. We begin with a nature ritual. This is something that I created many years ago, and I invite you, as I share this, to use your own intuitive sense to join in this nature communion experience, a nature ritual by Selena Fox. Journey into nature. Journey into self. Journey into divine interconnectedness. Find a place in nature that feels special to you. In the woods, in a meadow, by a lake shore, by a bubbling brook, by the ocean, on a mountain, on a hilltop, in a rock shelter. Find a place where you can be apart from human company and be with plants, animals, and the elements. Journey there to commune with nature. Journey there to shift your focus from being human-centric to being nature-aware. Journey there to remind yourself that you are part of the whole of nature. Journey there to nurture your inner spirit and to strengthen your relationships with other life forms and the biosphere. Arrive at the chosen place and then be still. Be seated. Relax in the place. Take deep, slow breaths to aid in your relaxation. Then become aware of yourself resting on this place, on the planet. Experience the planet as Mother Earth holding you lovingly to her. Feel the sky caressing you. Feel the earth and sky energizing each other. Express appreciation 
for earth and sky, for nurturing you and other life forms. Drink of the nature, life, energy that surrounds you and let it bring into greater awareness the nature, life, energy that is within you. This is divine communion. Become aware of the plants around you and their aliveness. Focus your awareness on a particular tree or herb near you. Do not just look at it. Instead, merge with it. Touch it. Become it. Imagine you are that plant. Imagine experiencing the world as it experiences the world. Then, as you focus on yourself being in your human form again, give thanks to the plant you have worked with as a friend, a teacher, a relative. Reflect for a time on your experience. Now, breathe deeply and shift your awareness from the specific plant to the general perception of the environment in which you now are. Experience yourself as being part of this tapestry of nature. You are one of many forms on this nature seen tapestry. Increase your awareness of this tapestry. Pay attention to sound. Listen to the wind, to the birds, to other sounds of nature. Pay attention to sights. See the beauty of nature in the shapes, colors, and patterns of the life forms around you. Feel nature's rhythms. Smell, taste, touch nature. As you expand your awareness of your physical senses, allow yourself to experience this place with your sixth sense, your intuition where there is neither space nor time, only being. Open your mouth and let a sacred sound vibration flow through you. Let the sound be born from deep within your being. 
not only from your throat, but also from your diaphragm, your heart, and your whole body flow with your sound. Become the sound and then move with it. Rise up and dance ecstatically with nature. As you move, celebrate. Celebrate nature. Celebrate living. Celebrate the spiraling circle of change and transformation. Release and rebirth. Then be quiet and still again. Take the time you sense you need to reflect upon and assimilate your experience. Then, before departing, give thanks to this place and to the divine that flows through you and all of nature. In doing this right, you connect with wisdom, the wisdom that is within you and around you in all of nature. You connect with spirit that is part of self and more than self. You connect with nature spirituality. This nature ritual is an example of a type of ritual improv, a type of spontaneous ritual. What is spontaneous ritual? One definition that I like is it's intuitively guided spiritual expression. One of the forms of spontaneous ritual is that with nature communion intention as reflected in a nature ritual, which I just guided. Now you can do this nature ritual as an imaginatory journey, or you can actually go out to a place in nature and to do it or a form of it there. It was created not only as an example of a way to deepen connections with the sacred dimensions of nature and nature as a whole, but as a guide for creating a nature communion experience, intuitively deepening 
connection with nature, experiencing nature, learning and growing, attuning to nature as part of spiritual practice. So the form of spontaneous ritual that I call nature communion intention involves going out to a natural place with the intention to interact, to commune, to attune, to experience. Another form of spontaneous ritual is that which I call response. You are going about day-to-day life, and then you have some type of experience or encounter. One type would be that of celebration. You might be walking along in a beautiful natural place and see a, a beautiful sunrise, a sunset, or at night you might be looking at the stars and see a shooting star and just spontaneously have an expression of celebration that you ritualize as your connection with the experience. An easy and simple form of ritual that comes from celebrating some awe-inspiring aspect of a nature experience is to just hold one's arms up as communing with it, smiling, being happy, or to make a sigh of um, appreciation. Wow, amazing, beautiful. Or it may be wordless, just ah, a gasp. And it's in the moment. It's a spontaneous expression. And where it becomes ritual is that you have the intention that your interface with that joyful moment is something going deep in your soul. And you may follow the initial reaction or response with some additional intuitively expressed celebratory actions. Another example of a spontaneous ritual coming from response happens commonly when one is at some type of entertainment venue. It may be watching a movie or a play or being at a concert, a sporting event, where you are engrossed in the community experience of that event, and then there is a twist of the plot or a beautifully demonstrated dance move or a song that's inspiring where 
you and others with you may just rise to your feet. You may start clapping or um, making a celebratory sound of approval, such as clapping hands or uh, making a joyful sound. And this is looking at the approval form of spontaneous ritual. Clapping hands, the applause, is something that is a ritual that is common, so commonplace that many people don't even think about it being a form of ritual of approval, but it is. Another aspect of spontaneous ritual that comes from response is that of thanksgiving. You may be going about day-to-day life and someone you encounter says something wonderful to you, gives you a smile, um, and you just spontaneously find a form of expressing thanksgiving. It might come upon being so enthralled with an experience that in addition to having that celebratory response, that you go the next piece and actually give thanks. Another form of spontaneous ritual coming from response is what I call um, crisis intervention or healing. One may encounter a friend that has had something horrific happen. It may be something in your own life where there's some kind of a loss, but you spontaneously drawing on spiritual expression, find a way of giving support. Many people just do this automatically by words, by hugs, by um, just being present and supportive. And this may be such a natural response, you might not actually consider it a kind of spontaneous ritual. But that's one way that you can consider it. Some examples can come um, such as the news of a death. And this happened recently to me. I got word of that. I communicated with the person that had sent me the message um, appreciation and then I called um, the family of the person who died immediately. So yes, it's communication, but for me it was ritualized, spontaneous outpouring of support. Express condolences, um, found ways to be able to 
interface and hear what had happened and then later as part of this spontaneous response to the situation um, did another call with a suggestion of how I might provide some additional support and I really see the ritualized spontaneous intuitive expression following a death or some other situation that calls for some support is a kind of ritual that can happen. When somebody becomes ill, when someone goes to the hospital, that would be another example of how spontaneously you are moved to connect, to richly interface, to share from the heart at the moment. In addition to these examples, healing and support can also happen for happy events, such as the birth of a child and getting word of that and finding ways to visit, to do gifting, um, to spread the news, word of an engagement or some other passage rite or some accomplishment that someone has had, a way of spontaneously rising to connect with support. A third type of spontaneous ritual, an opportunity for ritual improvisation, is that for a ritual that is structured and planned, but it's a part of the ritual that built within a larger ritual structure is a time for spontaneous, intuitive interaction. One of the things that I do at many of the memorial rites that I conduct, be they... Um, a memorial or a funeral, some other type of end-of-life passage, is to include within the service a time where those who are attending can have a few moments of quiet to reflect on the deceased loved one. And then to let rise up in the mind a word, a phrase that is some aspect of the person, a personal characteristic, a role relationship, a interest, a dynamic to hold that in the mind and then the ritual improv within this larger structured ritual is as the spirit moves to call out that word or phrase to create collaboratively within that community setting 
a type of poem, a type of word portrait of the deceased. It helps if one is facilitating a ceremony that includes this ritual improv, and this is with people that have not um, necessarily all know each other or are comfortable with each other. It's ahead of time to actually talk to a number of people who are present and let them know that that part is coming. So that's where you um, have a bit of planning for it because you have some people who are already on board to help you as a facilitator for this piece of spontaneous expression within a larger structured ritual. And it's a wonderful way of being able to honor the deceased as well as to create community. It's an interactive part. And especially at large memorials where there may be several hundred people present and not sufficient time within the service itself for each person to come up to the microphone and tell a story or to share a perspective. This is a way that many people can all contribute without that dragging the ceremony on, taking a lot of time. It's very interactive. And also, there's a synergy that starts happening as the community of people that have converged to honor the deceased all give forth um, some aspect that has come to them intuitively. Another example of having a spontaneous part within a structured ritual is something that I often do when I'm doing Earth Day ceremonies and ceremonies that have an environmental awareness and healing dimension. Building within the larger structure of the ceremony a time where people can think and call to mind some plant that they have a special relationship with that they wish to honor and to create a space not only to reflect on that for a few moments but to spontaneously as the spirit moves to call out that name of an herb, a shrub, a type of grass or flower or a tree, some other vegetative form. Here again, you have created a structure for it, but individuals will pick the wrong time, their own voice to contribute to that part of the ritual. Also in that ceremony, I often will, in addition to having a spontaneous time to reflect and express connections with plants, creatures. Or there may be a time in the ceremony where we put forth our prayers 
for a healthier planet, not only as a whole, but some specific wish, intention, prayer for some aspect of planetary healing. And I typically do that towards the end, the culmination of the Earth Day ceremony, of the environmental ritual that I do. Giving people an opportunity to reflect on the planet as a whole and dynamics within the planet that could shift into a healthier mode and being able then to call out that prayer. One of the things about having a ritual improv part of a ceremony is that it connects people not only with each other and the group spirit that happens with an effective group ritual, but it also helps deepen the individual's connection with their own intuitive dimensions of self. So what are some foundational skills that one has an opportunity to develop as part of moving to have more ritual um, improv in one's life, to have spontaneous ritual be part of the larger dynamic of spiritual practice. Well, some foundational skills have to do with the use of different dimensions of what you might call ritual tools or components of ritual. Use of voice to really develop within structured ritual your voice as a kind of ritual tool. Being able to speak loudly and softly, to speak quickly and slowly, to experiment with ways of working with voice. This not only is a foundational skill for structured ritual, but it's very helpful to have experience working with your voice as a ritual tool for ritual improv because it allows more possibilities for spontaneous expression. The use of chanting, being able to work with a single note, with harmonization, with singing a note and modulating its volume, um, moving through various notes, jamming with your voice. Ah, and moving the sound of your voice, that is a way of having intuitive expression within a spontaneous ritual and within improv parts within a larger, more structured ritual. Likewise, being able to work with words, to spontaneously create 
not only expressions when prompted within a ritual setting such as I've described, but to create chants on the spot. Working with rhythm, rhythm instruments, the rhythm of feet on ground, hands together, the use of movement, of gesture, the use of symbols, ceremonial tools. By developing some skills in these ways of ritual, you will then have more things that have already been part of ritual experience for yourself that you can then bring to ritual improv within a structured ritual or within a spontaneous ritual. Why do spontaneous ritual? For many people, spontaneous ritual is just natural. It is a way of interfacing with life. But as you develop an awareness of spontaneous ritual, you can actually deepen your own way of connecting with the divine that's within you and around you. It's a way of expanding your awareness of growing spiritually. For personal work, small group work, and larger group work, having improv being part of ritual experience helps us grow spiritually, helps us with creative development, for accessing intuition, of being able to experience and express more holistic. One of the things that I hope that you will carry from tonight's exploration, examination of spontaneous ritual and ritual improv is that you can begin doing this within your own form of spiritual practice now. Developing the imagination, developing creative expression, all wonderful ways of growing individually and growing collaboratively with the greater circle of nature of which we are all part. Now in this final part of our evening, I invite those of you who are in the chat, um, those who are listening, to share your own ideas, share your own experiences with doing ritual spontaneously. What kinds of things have happened to you in your spiritual life where you've just spontaneously 
engaged in ritual. If you conduct rituals with others, what are some things that you have um, had as part of your facilitation that involves ritual improv? So I'd like to begin the conversation with my assistant Circle Sanctuary Ministers, David and Jeanette Ewing. Welcome. Hello, welcome. How are you? It's a wonderful night, and I look forward to seeing what you might want to share yourself um, and or via the chat conversations about the topic. Um, well, it's, it's kind of quiet in, uh, in, the, chat room. in the chat room tonight. <clears throat> um, as I was listening to this, it was uh, one of the things that came into my mind as part of something that people could do to develop a spontaneous ritual would be in the way of um, – and not everybody does this, but it could be something that, you know, one starts to, to do as part of a daily practice, like a morning practice, just do a short, spontaneous ritual to honor the divine. And it might be different every single day. It might be a different aspect of the divine that you want to uh, honor or work with that particular day. Maybe uh someone having to do with healing one day or someone having to do with, uh, um, oh, let's say like Ganesh, the remover of obstacles, if you know you're going to have a difficult day ahead, or any number of different things. Um, that's just sort of flashed into my mind as I was uh, listening listening to that. And it, it also just kind of reminded uh, me of some of the different things that, David and I have done in the past uh, where we have incorporated those spontaneous elements as well. And I hadn't really thought about them as being spontaneous elements until you described it as such. And, you know, those parts of the ritual where we give people an opportunity to um, to talk about, um, uh, you know, what what is relevant, uh, you know, uh, things that you want to get off your chest or things that you are uh, thinking about that are spontaneous that uh, remind you of spring or things that you want to work on. Like a lot of spring rituals, uh, people, uh, we've done this a number of different times for different spring rituals because it's the beginning of the growing season and you know, we give people an opportunity to call out things that they may want to work on or things that they want to have uh, grow within them, you know, a particular aspect or, or, you know, just something for that season, that, that wheel of the year that they're, they're growing on. So those are the kinds of things that, I, that kind of came to my mind as, uh, as I was listening to that. Yes, and I think many people are already doing intuitive expression as part of their own personal ritual work without even acknowledging that is what's going on. So part of the reason for doing this part of the Ways of Ritual series is to bring attention to that intuitive dimension that really um, 
is at the heart of ritual. And to not only increase awareness about it, but hopefully encourage more people as part of ritual practice to make room for the from the heart spontaneous expressions. One thing that is common in rituals in which people do some form of offering within a group setting or even in a personal setting is to pour a libation to the ground um, or it might be in a libation bowl, a uh, libation being some kind of liquid. It may be water. It may be something like mead or wine or ale. It may be a juice. It may be an herbal tea. But essentially you have some beverage, some liquid that is poured out as an expression of honoring the divine as a whole or a particular type. When I have helped facilitate heathen rituals, there's a drinking horn that typically is used as part of that work, held up and then at times that may be um, a bit of the beverage inside is placed to the ground or one might take a drink um, after holding it, it. It goes in a lot of different forms depending on the tradition. But each person then speaks, and a, a tradition that's very common in heathen circles is toasting and boasting. <laughs> so um, honoring ancestors, honoring deities, basically talking about some accomplishment and getting group support for that. So there's a lot of um, what you would call from the heart speaking and different types of ceremonies. That's an example. And being able to do some kind of an offering, if not um, with liquid form, it may be placing some herbs um, on land. It might be burying an object as a way of paying respects to a place. It has a lot of different ways. And, and the words that one speaks could be something that one has planned ahead of time. Or it could be coming from an intention, I'm going to go forth and I'm going to honor this sacred grove and I'm going to pour um, some spring water at the base of the largest tree in the sacred grove and really pay my respects to the spirit of the forest, the spirit of the tree. Um, that so much of what I call hedge witchery types of, of ritual really comes from that from the heart, intuitively spoken piece. There certainly when one is reading about ritual, there's many fine articles and ritual transcripts and books and handbooks with scripted rituals in them. And that certainly a way to grow in practice and understanding is to work with a ritual that has been scripted out. I think it's important to also have 
an understanding of the creative, intuitive, improv dimension of ritual so that if you're working with a scripted ritual for personal practice, small group, or larger group practice, you can adapt on the spot unless the ritual is such that you absolutely have to use the exact words and the exact rhythm that's there, being able to freshen up a ritual that you might be doing every day or a prayer that you might be saying every day. You, by doing some variations, some adaptations, keeps it fresh, keeps the energy flowing in a good way. I'm wondering if you all have had some experiences where just you've been moved by some encounter, what I call kind of a response um, ritual that just happens. You know, you spontaneously do a ritual in response to something. If you have any examples that you might want to share. Um. You know, it's funny you would mention this, you know, the spontaneous ritual of uh, response. of response because, I mean, mm. we've done that before. We would not, I would not have considered that ritual. ritual. So I thought that was really interesting. But as far as something that I would consider like uh, an intention-based ritual, there was a couple of times. Um, well, there have been times like in the past where, yeah. uh, let's say, like during – the whole pinnacle quest, you would put something out, and if I happened to be at home and I was able to, you know, I would, right. you know, quickly and immediately get out a candle and maybe inscribe something on it and say a, a chant really quick, uh, you know, for whatever, and call on Libertas or whoever or the goddesses and gods of justice or whatever, and that was it. Um there was one time in particular, though, where um, it wasn't scripted in nature, but it was in response to my mom being sick. And this was quite a few years ago. Um, she had uh, developed pneumonia, and she was in ICU, and uh, she was quite ill. And so all of us siblings uh, converged on my dad's house, and we were there for basically a whole week. And during that time, um, me and David and my younger sister Joyce did a spontaneous ritual, a healing ritual at the beach. Right. We just went down to a beach in Virginia Beach and and did a thing right there with you know using the water and and, uh, and you know calling on on uh, the healing of the, you know the waters and stuff. And it, it was very um, nothing had really been planned out other than we want to go do something at the beach, and that's about the planning. That we did, and we grabbed up a bunch of stuff, some stones, and some candles, I think some candles and some incense, you know, some basic supply things that you know the the, the ritual to go back, and um, and went down to the beach. And we just sort of did something down there, and it, and it worked out fairly well. And we and we it seemed fairly you know it it was fairly moving, but it was something that we had not planned really, you know, like who was going to do what, and what are you going to say, and and you know, and, and that kind of business. It was. Uh, pretty off the cuff on that and, and we've also had um, an experience with uh, a group up here in Northern Virginia that used to we used to go camping camping with 
a couple times a year. And one of them was uh, during the time of um, which ritual was it that we did? That we did. Wasn't it a summer solstice ritual? Might have been, but you know we were together, and there wasn't really any like we're going to do a ritual while we're together. But that's about as far as the planning had gotten. And um, Jeanette and this other guy from the group, um, Ed, kind of just got together, and within about two hours or so, really, of just sort of talking something out, we came up with um, a ritual, you know, a group ritual to, for the for the season. It's something that hadn't been really planned out. It was it wasn't like on the spot spontaneous, but it was fairly spontaneous because there wasn't really much planning, and it was more like, okay, so who's going to call what? Okay, great, and. You know, you didn't have a whole lot of time to plan. You know, it was it was very... Yeah, nothing scripted, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, really. You know. Well, and what comes to mind is necessity is the mother of invention. You know, that phrase and that things can present themselves and those of us who have uh, a spiritual life that involves ritual, especially if we've had experience doing chants and movement and some of these other foundation skills that I mentioned, then there's a lot of raw material to draw on to respond to a situation. I know that I've been in situations where there's been a need to shift a group dynamic. I can think of a a political demonstration that I was in a few years ago, and the focus was for people to express their concerns about a particular situation, and all of those, there was a coalition of groups who were putting this on, all wanted everyone to be really attend to peaceful expression of free speech and assembly and I have had a lot of work with different kinds of group settings and have been part of civil rights movements and quests for um, working for a better world and peace and a number of things over the years. And so I've had already bringing with myself experiences of other settings. Uh, Someone came out and there was an open mic and started um, a kind of rhetoric that was angry and hostile and was starting to create a definitely unpeaceful dynamic. And when you have thousands of people, like 100,000 people gathered, and in the area where I was at, there was probably within earshot, earshot something like eight, 9,000 people or so, and I was not too far from the microphone, and I could hear all of this. And no one was really directing this demonstration. There were some open mics and things around where people could speak, So it wasn't that where I was coming from that this person was not entitled to them expressing their upsetment and their anger and that type of thing, but they started stereotyping um, one kind of group of um, people. Actually, they started um, basically talking against law enforcement, 
and um, there are actually people who are from um, a law enforcement union that was actually supporting the rally besides law enforcement that was there trying to keep some semblance of order. And I just saw things potentially starting to be ugly. So I started a chant of honoring the the police that were there in the group, and somebody else picked that up and somebody else picked that up. Now, you could say that this was a political demonstration intervention, uh, but to me it was ritual. It was a kind of ritual using voice and um, really trying to be a counterbalance to what was happening. And soon, all of a sudden, some of the law enforcement people from one of the unions that was um, supporting this thing all kind of came up and were visible and stood up. The whole things started shifting. Now, I'm telling this story not to say, you know, how wonderful that was that I did that, whatever, but to just to give an example of how spontaneously one one person can make a difference in shifting an energy. And I do think as we develop our skills in ritual, we really need to look at ways of using our voice using our words, using our gestures to bring about a better world, to contribute to something that's going to move things in better directions, whether it's small or large. I mean, that was just a few minutes within a day of hours with many voices and many people. But fortunately, there were other people that started joining in, and it was not so much coming from a shout the person down at the mic, but to add to the mix something that had not been considered, to counteract the too often um, problematic all-or-nothing thinking to balance that by bringing another dynamic into the mix. So in telling that story, I, you know, I also want to say when you're doing ritual improv, maybe not everything sounds um, totally harmonious all the time or even as jiving. People might be talking over each other and whatever, but yet if one is facilitating such an experience, one keeps centered and keeps open to what's unfolding, one really can shift the dynamic from um, things that maybe are a bit dissonant. The dissonance isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's all part of a larger piece. And I do think if one has the intention to allow community building and collaboration and understanding to come from an experience, whether it's with a few people or a much larger group, that can be a really positive thing. Well, I can see that we are nearly done with our um, time tonight. Are there any other comments um, or sharings that you might want to share yourselves or from any comments in the chat? Well, we do have a, um, a comment in the chat from Rev Terry 
talking about how he tries to greet the sun and his new day every day and, you know, dedicates himself to a day of peace and beauty. You know, that's sort of as part of a, a normal routine, which is a which is a really nice way to start the day with a with some sort of, um, you know, regular, um, you know, greeting of the day, welcoming the day, sort of get the day going. It doesn't need to be the same thing every day that you say, you know, something from the heart. Um, but it's a, a nice way to kind of start things. Yes, I have my own greet the day experience um, ritual practice that I do. Are there some similar things that I do? Yes, I go out to my front porch <laughs> and greet the rising sun. But what I say and how I say it does change. So I'm there doing a kind of nature communion intention to actually go and connect with the day and the sacred in that way, but it pretty much is from the heart as as part of it. And I really appreciate um, that expression. So thank you very much. Well, I invite all of you to stay tuned for Pagan Priest. I invite all of you to tune in tomorrow night for Circle Sanctuary's other weekly show, which is Pagan Warrior Radio with David and Jeanette and with Pamela Kelly. I invite you to tune in to Circle Craft Study that I'll be doing next week, next Tuesday night, and we're going to celebrate spring. We're going to welcome in spring and with ritual. And I also invite you to go to www.circlesanctuary.org for more information about Circle Sanctuary and its work. And for those of you who are interested in hearing more of the Circle Craft Study Series, we have our shows archived in the Circle Podcast part of our website. I also want to invite all of you to share any additional ideas about this show or any other comments and experiences. You can join me on Twitter and on Facebook. On Twitter, it's Selena underscore Fox. And on Facebook, it's Selena Fox Updates and invite all of you to continue to find ways that you can work with ritual, planned and spontaneous, as part of your own spiritual journey. We give thanks to nature that's within us and around us. We give thanks to each other. We give thanks for our connections with the divine as one and as many. Thank you all for listening tonight. And we transition now into our next show with some music. Who do we have to um, take us into the Pagan Priest Show?
Well, we want to remember, remind everybody first that on the Pagan Priest Show coming up next, they're going to be continuing their discussion on recycling, gardening, and kitchen witchery, which is a pretty interesting topic that they're covering uh, for the next few weeks. Uh, so recycling, gardening, and kitchen witchery, and we're signing off tonight with Kellyanna and the Dragon Ritual Drummers, The Fall.
Thank you for joining us on the Circle Sanctuary Network Podcasts, presented by Circle Sanctuary and produced for all who follow the Nature Center paths. Join us here throughout the week for various programming connecting the community around the world. And please don't forget to watch for updates on the Circle Sanctuary website at www.circlesanctuary.org. And follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash csnpodcasts. We can also be found on your favorite podcast hosting sites, such as iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and others. And until next time, many blessings. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.